Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business in which I coach leaders. This is part two of my conversation with Lonnie Alameda. Lonnie is the softball coach at Florida State University. During part two of my conversation, we discuss being non-judgmental, staff management, game preparation, self-awareness, and much, much more. Lonnie is a tremendous leader, having led the Seminoles to great heights. Um, I think you'll really learn a lot from her. So without further ado, my conversation with Lonnie Alameda. I'm going to drill down on this non-judgment piece a little bit. Is that, did you, um, when when you played or maybe early in your coaching career, did you experience a, a, a an environment that was judgmental or is this just kind of how you roll that you've just kind of been this non-judgment. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Um, hmm. I think we all deal with a little bit of judgment, you know, growing up as kids in high school, everyone does like we're all growing up awkwardly in a different area. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think I grew up in a, in a really cool era where, um, we're playing sports and we're supported, but we're not supported equally, you know, and that gap starting to go. So I know at the university of Oklahoma, um, we would work out in the weight room that football players were at, um, but we had like pink sweatsuits and blue sweatsuits. We didn't have the Oklahoma colors, you know? And it's like, man, like, mm. cool, we're here, but you're really not all us, you know? And um, and we we had a strength coach as a football coach and not a softball coach. You know, like so many things to just as you go along, um, we got kicked off. We played on a slow pitch field. We got kicked off by club ball teams. Uh, even when I was at Stanford, we got clicked off, kicked off by the beer ball teams, you know? And you're like, you're always fighting for a little bit of respect in that side, you know? So, um, but later, you know, I, I feel like we had something super cool. We were working our tails off. Like, like you can't judge me. And I think about all the time, like, uh, just because I'm not on the top tier of athletes, I'm giving you everything I possibly can. And I'm going to keep pushing that, you know, and so on that side, so on the sports side, and then there's the personal side. Um, yes, as, as a player growing up in sports, we've all been there, you see different players on your team trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do, how they want to live, um, who they want to be around. Um, college is such a educational time, exploratory time. Um, it's easy for fence sitters to try to pull people one direction, cool people try to pull people another. I've lived it. We've all lived it. And when you're living it and you see it and how tough it can be for people. Um, when I, when I was younger as a coach getting out, I'm like, man, like three years ago, I was in your shoes four years ago, I was in five years ago. And now it's 20 plus years ago, but like, I'm not forgetting how hard it is to be a little bit different, you know, and still want to find your way. And, um, I think that the biggest thing I try to remind them is um, I don't care, purple, black, blue, white, tall, skinny, but I don't care. Like, I love you as a person and I want you to be the best version of yourself. And I'm going to be here to help you on that. And I know it's going to be tough, but I will be a constant for you. We will be a constant for you. So when you make some left turns that aren't the right way, we'll come back on path. That's fine. Um, you know, we've all done it. So, hmm. um, so I think we're just very verbal on that side. And, um, and probably the last piece is you didn't choose your teammates. You don't choose your family members. You're, you're born into it, right? Like you, I brought the teammates here. So, you know, you don't have to love each other completely, but you gotta respect each other because, you know, and so like, what does that look like too? And when you have, when you talk about respect on the field and earning respect, then judgment goes out the door because there's the, there's this this line we're living by. And uh, I have to be very good at 
making sure I hold that standard as a coach and live by that line. Cause now it doesn't become judgmental. Oh, just cause she's a starter. She gets this. Oh, just cause you know, um, she, she likes her. She gets this, like, I'm going to speak to everyone the same. And then it keeps us on the field. Um, pretty even keeled, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting as you're, as you're sharing that I'm just, I'm hearing like, um, you're almost telling them, Hey, you, you, you might take a wrong turn and, and we're all right. And you might be different and you're still, well, it's, it's almost like you're giving them permission to do those things, yep. not having this hard and fast, this is how it's going to be the rules. Yeah. And I'm guessing that the more freedom you give them, actually, the more that they don't take those freedoms to mm-hmm. take many left turns because they don't feel judged. They feel like this is a, yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's, it's, um, what is it? The, um, rules rules are in place because people can't follow directions but or or people don't want to live to a to a high enough standard so you got put rules on them but i think it sounds like when you take away the rules your people are like i'm in on this place like without the judgment without the stringent tight yeah anyways and it's not all kumbaya you know i mean i definitely get after it and um, I'm probably, I always tell them I'm a, I'm a second, third, fourth chance person. Like, you know, the first time it's not out, right? Like I'm going to sit down with you. I'm gonna have a good conversation. We're really going to dig into like why we made these decisions, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, you know, and, and definitely in today's world of, of mental health and social media and some of the kickback they're getting at a younger age, they haven't really formed a lot of their personal opinions, you know, it's outside yeah. stuff. And so, you know, every player is a little bit different. You know, is it parental? Is it social media? Is it how how are they making these decisions? And and is it inside? Are we getting depressed? Are we getting, you know, what is it? Mm. And it'll go, it'll show up in school. It'll show up, you know, it rarely shows up in the softball field as the first thing. The softball field is usually the last thing. Usually there's other areas that shows up. But, you know, again, those talks. And if we're not meeting the standard, then it's like, okay, Travis, guess what? Like, you know, I mean, now like this happens, like I'm going to say that you're, you're going to get kicked out of practice. You're going to get, you know, but the more I do that, when that happens, the rest of the team knows that I've had conversations with them. So I'm always, I I'm definitely transparent in that side of it. And so, um, and I think the team at that point has got some grace, right? They get it like, okay, she's going to take care of it. We know how she can take care of it. Don't judge, just love, you know, and, and we'll get this back on track. So yeah. there are the, you're kicked out of practice moments and you're not coming today. So it doesn't, it's not all kumbaya, but again, that is family, you know, parents totally. got to put down discipline at time, but they still love their kids, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And these, in these, do you have like scheduled meetings that you're consistently meeting with your, with your ladies or is this very organic? Is this very, as we go throughout our days, I'm constantly touching people and pulling people aside. No, I see her. She's something's up. I want to, I want to engage yeah. like, yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. Uh, so we, we kick off the meeting. We're just finishing our, our start of fall meetings. So we probably meet three to four times a year, just all staff, um, check-ins, um, expectations, what you're feeling, what you want, you know, and, and I always email them. And, you know, so I always have documentation of conversations that we've had of where you want to go as a human, where you want to go as a softball player, you know, cause if we're going to speak it, then my job is to help you get there. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, as we're starting to maybe have problems, maybe, um, you know, academic advisor comes in and we're failing some classes, we're not going to class. Then now we're starting to have like some one-on-one meetings, like yeah. trying to get them through. So, so yes, touch points, um, but also very scheduled, uh, connection points too at the same time. Gotcha. You, know? you, you mentioned your staff. Um, how do you obviously hiring the right people's we'll just 
put that on the shelf and say, that's, if you don't hire the right person, it's going to be a beat down. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you run your staff? How do you manage your staff? Are you guys consistently meeting? Is it organic where you guys are in the same office and you're close enough? Yeah. What's staff management slash slash development look like for you? Oh, that's a, I've been very fortunate to not have a lot of turnover. So, mm-hmm. um, um, so it's been, uh, like Travis has been here 13 years, um, together, you know, I, we're, we're a married coaching staff for sure. You know, on that side, um, his best friend. So Craig Snyder was here. He's the head coach at Texas tech and Craig was here forever too. love the family. And he always told me, you know, if I can get closer, my kids closer to their grandparents, I would go to Kentucky or Texas, you know, so the opportunity came up and he went and then we were able to hire Travis as one of Travis's best friends, you know, to come in. So I think there's a, there's a softball piece, but then there's a, there's a, we've got a fit piece too. If we're going to live the family values, we've got to make sure that we fit up here. And so, um, we spend a lot of time as a staff. Uh, um, we meet with, uh, a mental performance coach as a staff once a week. Um, so, kind of like kind of like marriage counseling, coaching counseling, like just healthy stuff to talk through stuff. Because I think at times as coaches, we don't share. It's always about them and we don't share within ourselves. And um, our staff has grown. We've been able to do the the fourth paid position. So our volunteers now on. Um, I hired a player performance position. Both those players or both those coaches played here. So now we've brought in people that played underneath us. And so super cool to now cap that. Um, I'm getting a little older. They're a little younger. They're a little cooler. They're just speaking the language, you know? So, um, so you're bringing that family atmosphere in at the same time of what the vision is that you want, um, this team to keep, uh, being comfortable in, but then we're also pushing ourselves to be the best version on the field, you know? Mm-hmm. So we go out a lot and try to challenge our abilities in the hitting department, pitching department, you know, cause it can be easy to be together for a long time and get comfortable, and not, you know, push that. So I think we're really good in that area of having tough conversations of being better, but still the foundation of um, really enjoy being around each other. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And talk to me about um, this again was mentioned as I was visiting with some people about your program, your game preparation, the detail, the, that it was, it was commented that they're, they're consistently the most prepared team on the field. Yeah, walk me through what what that looks like for you yeah. guys. Um, so yeah, I think uh, well, I know for a long time, um, I always want to do the eighty percent. So we practice eighty percent game. We don't. We're not. I'm not a very. I'm not. We're not very big sticklers on the the small details of like where your finger needs to be on throwing or where your foot needs to be on here. Right? You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, um, I'm kind of meeting the players where they're at and like, where do we throw it a second? Where do we go cuts and relays? Where, why are we doing this? What pitch do we throw here? So it's an every day, how you play the game. So when it becomes a point where you're starting to scout and mentally prep for a team, it's not, you're not adding a lot on there. They are, they've, they've been doing this already. So, um, in bullpens right now, you know, it's a power pole kid. It's a left slapper. We got bases loaded. Like, the conversation's always happening of game, 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 game. And then I think that game prep is a little smaller. It's not this long laundry list of all these things that we need to do and have to do. So I think that's one part of it. So, um, and then I, I think the other piece is um, 
we have all, I think analytics is really starting to kick in and we have all jumped in to try to learn. And I will say as a, as an older coach, it was a lot for me because I felt like I had a pretty good system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you're going to get bypassed, <laughs> you know, your system kind of goes out there and get bypassed. And um, so COVID was a good time to hit a reset and kind of learn some different things. And so now I've gone out and and we've really applied the analytics piece to it um, in projection, development, and execution. And so I think that, um, you know, now understanding when you get numbers, you kind of understand your your people here currently, not as a personal side. Like I love Kat Sandercock and what she's done here. And I could look back and think of Kinger and Kylie Hansen and all them. But now I'm just getting their DNA. This is the movement they had. This is that. So yeah. then I can go back and like, oh, projection. You know, what Major League Baseball has been doing for years. And so now that we've started collecting that and understanding that, um, I can figure out the person I mesh with, but then I know what I'm dealing with. I know what's in that ball of clay. <laughs> so um, yeah. so that's been fun because um, I think when you look at the scouting piece, you now can put numbers, which a lot of teams have started to do, but you can put numbers with uh, what strategies we need to do here. But our players understand those numbers. They're very educated in that. So they understand what 11 inches of a drop is or, you know, or what um, launch angle is, what kind of hitter we're facing, the, the DNA of the hitter in the situation. So, yeah. yeah. So it's been fun on that. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, talk to me about recruiting. Um, yeah. Every every coach in the, in America is like, you know, we're looking for the right fit for our program. Yeah. How do you guys how do you guys do it? What's your process there? Um, mm-hmm that you're letting the that that you're only letting people in that you think are going to be really, really good fits. Yeah. What's that process look like? Um, I honestly, I'm, we're still, (laughs) we have conversations about this all the time. So I don't know if there's a, I don't know. We're just us. It's so hard to explain. We're just us. Uh, We really do like kids that come to our camps. Um, I really do like to have conversations with the kids. Um, We, all as the staff like to be around them and around their family. So I think that's one thing. And I know that's the, that's the very transformational side and you can't just love kids and then not be able to play. They've got to be able to play, right? Like that I've got to get kids here that can play at a high level. Cause that's what my um, livelihood is going to be based on. But I also know there's a component of a player that will be all in that can play past her skis because she's all in. So I think we do a good job of recognizing that. And, um, you know, I think the numbers are starting to help us a little bit to find that. And we've always done some personality tests. We're big into the disc. Uh, we do mental MRIs. We do things like that just to know what, again, I go back to the DNA, but, you know, what they're seeking. If you're a peace and harmony kid, you know, like that, that's going to be kind of tough because we're here, you know, wanting you to get after stealing bases and, you know, but we're gonna have to train you differently. If we like your skill sets, we're gonna have to train you differently because, innately you just like the kumbaya part you know so um so failure is going to be really really tough for you you know and so i I think when you dive into the the people part of it it can help you on the developmental side and Mm. we're still navigating what that looks like but i I think we've had a good feel for it and now we're finding out because we can test so many different things we're finding out the real piece of it so yeah um but i would say the one Every player that's on this roster, uh, I'd say 90% of the players have come to camps here. And that, that's been a big thing for us. You said mental MRI? Mental MRI. So um, it's essentially a, a kind of a disc assessment, um, you know, a personality um, 
a test. We just do a little bit more into the what are you on a sports style and what are you on the off the field style. Mm. So um, I think it, it's the disc can be a little bit more of kind of who you are. And then you think about how that goes into sport. But it's a, a test we do to find out what kind of a player you are, you know, and where do you fit in the spectrum of um like a high D just go, I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. Or I really care about my team and um, I want to have fun. And, you know, like that you've got to mix in some different sports style people to attain what you want on the field. Yeah. yeah. And you give that to recruits before they ever commit, before they ever step on campus. Yeah. So we have a couple different camps throughout the year, not every camp, but some camps we do it and we just educate them on it. Cause I think it's important for them. Um, totally. You know, I go back to kind of some mental health. If, if you know who you are and you know where you match up, then it helps you make that decision for growth. And so, um, so one of our winter camps and we do a camp in January, like we get into a lot of those testing and we talk about the testing and what it means. Um, Cause I know every kid that comes at camps aren't going to go here, you know, and, but for them later in life, you know, they're going to be like, oh, now I know why I do this. And then it helps them make some adjustments down the line. So, yeah, it's a little educational piece that that we share at one of our camps. And um, but then all of our players, when they come here, do it, all our players. And then we get into disc pretty good with our players. Um, you know, if you have a pretty high CIA compliant kid like you, ne- you may not interact well with an S, but you need to know why. Yep. And you you didn't choose to have the S. I chose to have the S. You know, and I need to. And if I have all S's and one C's, right? Like, like I need to make sure that they're comfortable enough, and they don't again judge just because of how they act. Well, this is the reason why. Mm. You know, she is straight by the rules, and she's going to do this. You know, and this one wants to be over here just ch- chatting away, and not because she doesn't like you. It's just her nature. You know, so we just really get into those conversations. I love that. So yeah. I'll edit this out. Um, it's totally speaking my language. It's been really interesting. So I do a lot of work with coaches and um, I'm putting together, I'm doing a uh, self-awareness course in, in October because it is, it is really, it has really blown me away. And, and I actually grew in a ton of self-awareness, like in between 37 and 44 years old is when I, because, yeah, I don't know. I've got under a guy, I spent six years on the church staff. I used to coach college baseball and I got out because I got smart. And um, (laughs) anyways, I grew in self-awareness. And so it's been a huge thing for me for the last probably 10 years or 12 years. And it's amazing. um, And no judgment here because I was in this boat, but it's amazing how often we don't have conversations about who you are, how you're wired, your like what's going on internally. So I'm putting it's I love what you're doing because yeah. I think it's one, it helps them. Like it's just the start. Self-awareness is a lifelong journey, but it, it at least starts to explain like, oh, that's why I do what I do or that's why I respond to. It. So anyways, I'll shut up. But I love the yeah. fact that you're doing that. I think it's so yeah. great. Yeah. And I, I think that probably ties into the the judgment piece is when you're different than someone, it's easy to sit back. And if you get two or three other people that are like you, well, of course they're going to together. The C over here, which we have a kid, um, a pitcher, you know, I, I tell it like the RBF rest, resting bitch face, right. It's just right here, but she's just a high C and she wants to go and, you know, she just wants to get it done and she wants out. Like she's not going to hug people. She's not going to, you know, so they're like, man, she doesn't care. And I'm like, no, that's not the, that's not the point. She does. 
you got to figure out how, and she's got to figure out how to get a little more CS and they got a little more SC, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fun. And it's fun to see when it comes together. That's the cool part, you know? Yeah. Totally. I'm doing the last thing and then I'll I'll move on to another question. I'm doing a uh, cohort with a group of um, head baseball coaches. There's, there's five of them in this cohort and we'll go from, we started in August. We'll go through May a um, couple times a month. And uh, I think it was the first call. One of the, we, I just said, Hey, what do you guys want to discuss over the next couple, couple months? What, are, you know, I want this to be super fruitful time for you guys. And um, we have spent, we've done four meetings and I would say over 50% of the time we've just been discuss, discussing over these four one hour meetings our insecurities and how our identity and when it gets wrapped up into and how we respond. It's, it's so great. Um, and, and these are high level coaches. These are like baseball coaches that are really, really high level, but it's so cool to see high level coaches that are like, yeah, I'm, my insecurities are here, man. This really, really eats at me and I don't do well. It's just been really fun to see. Um, so just more self-awareness talk. I I'm kind of geeking out on it here recently. So, yeah, yeah, no, it, it is super cool. And I think in baseball too, and, and men's sports, it's okay to be in touch with your feelings now where it wasn't before, you know, and everything had to be like, you know, and, um, it's funny. I was just talking to one of my friends coaches in major league and, um, I was up there hanging out with them a little bit and, um, he's a very, he's in touch with his feelings. Very good. But like the rest of the dudes in the dugout aren't, I'm like, if a guy strikes out, no one looks at him. And I'm like, what, that's not part of the game. It's not cool. Like, dude, you had a good at bat, you know? And, and then, you know, it's a younger player that, they're trying to, to get going to be more consistent. I'm like, well, maybe people could be okay with his failure, you know, like then when he got more consistent, but in dudeville, it's just not cool. It's getting more and more, but yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, okay. Leadership development. Do you do, do you do captains? Do you do a, a a council leadership council, or is it all just, we're going to, we're going to constantly talk leadership with our whole team and leaders will rise that, need to rise. Yeah. What do you guys do with that? Um, so we've had a tribe group, um, that I just, you know, offer anyone wants to come and be part of the, the next layer of this program. So that would be, um, uh, booster function, setting up community service, you know, all the branding stuff that, that can help this program. And it's just morphed into when I set the meeting, the whole team shows up. So I'm like, okay, well then, you know, it's a team thing. And and I've always been, I, I haven't been a big captain leadership person because it's a lot, it's a lot on a player. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's morphed into something different. And so to me, it's more about education and getting people together. So, um, so it, it's just, it's changed over the years on that side of it, but I know more of our players want to be a part of it. So that's where I think the culture calendar has kicked in. And now we do a lot of things together and we have a lot more talks together and the book club's been a big part of that you know, talking vulnerability and, you know, doing two or three people at a time for like seven minutes. It doesn't take much to share some things. And then for us on the bigger picture to address it, like, let's really talk about adversity on the big picture. Let's talk about leadership on the big stage, you know, within here. And then they have little breakout groups and they talk about it and then, you know, they get up and share. And so it sounds very classroom, but it is our softball classroom. (laughs) And so, yeah. So that, that's where our leadership has morphed into. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. I end with three questions. Uh, the first one I always ask is, what are you currently reading or listening to that's helping you stay progressive and stay sharp? 
Yeah. Um, so we're reading as a team, like I said, in defense of adversity. And um, I think, uh, you know, that's something that the author sent me the book in 2018 after the championship and, you know, said that, you know, super cool to see your team kind of live some of this. And now I've actually just said, you know, what, let's let's read this as a team. And so mm-hmm. that's been good. So um, do that. We have a player performance coach. So we're always daily calm. Um, big one success hotline. Another big one. Um, so we check into a lot of those things pretty consistently. Love it. Love it. And uh second question I asked, what advice would you give a young uh, female just getting into the coaching profession? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I say, you know, I always say like, be generally who you are. Um, but it, that's so easy to say later in life because <laughs> you yeah. don't know who you are as so you're morphing yourself on that side of it. But, um, but I also uh, a big proponent on just get out there and do things like good camps and clinics, connections, volunteering. Like, you know, if you're a younger coach, um, go ask questions. You know, I was always pretty good at asking successful coaches, you know, introducing myself and just, you know, asking questions. And I don't know how many camps I work for nothing, but I learned so much from people. Um, so, yeah, I am big. Get out there and go do it. And it doesn't have to be softball. Baseball, football. Um, I went to tennis tournaments and volunteered, and you can learn so much from business. This is we're running a business, yep. so dip your nose into business because the, when you get here, I'm the CEO of softball right now. Like you know, I did a fundraising event last night. Like there are way more to just X's and O's. So yeah, get involved. Love it, love it. And the last question, I'll end with this: um, Who would you like to hear talk about all things leadership in their program, their culture, their staff? how they manage staff, how they, they find the right recruit, the right fit. Yeah. Um. So I've always just, I would love to be a fly on the wall of Nick Saban. Um, I think he's, um, you know, it's incredible. And, and I think Patty Gasso would be a little bit of this, you know, with Oklahoma softball. But um, you think about a football program at Alabama that's consistently, it's one thing to win once, twice. Kirby Smart might be in the next realm here. Um, when once, twice, when you're sustaining it and you're sustaining it at a high level and he's having great coaches come in and then leave for jobs and getting other coaches to come in and leave for jobs. How does he sustain that consistency with the expectation? Super cool. I would be, it'd be so cool to be a fly on the wall there. Yeah. Love it. Have you been a fly on the wall there? Have you talked to Saban? Yeah. No, no. Well, Lonnie, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, had multiple, multiple people rave about you. And then when I started digging in and looking into your record, I'm like, well, of, of course, of course they rave about her. She's doing something really, really well. So anyways, um, very good stuff. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you.